Ben. This is my conversations with the Pope, number nine. How are we all doing out there? Not exactly the ideal time to be putting out a light-hearted podcast, but we've done our best to cover recent events through a sporting lens. It's a pretty political 90 minutes we've got here. Hopefully there's an appropriate amount of comedy along the way to keep things entertaining. George Floyd's murder, as you can imagine, takes up a big part of the show. We're looking at the Black Lives Matter movement, the reaction of American athletes to police brutality, and in particular, two different quarterback responses to the problem, from Colin Kaepernick and Drew Brees. We talk Trump-Biden's escalating beef on the back of the protests, while Pope's got his very own beef after what he feels were some massively insensitive editing decisions on last week's show. There's a UFC review. We touch on part two of the Lance documentary and discuss whether cycling's actually a shit sport. Plus, racing's back and Popey's finally found the courage to pick a tip of the week after nearly a month without a selection. We've had some really nice feedback the last few weeks, so thanks for the love and comments. If you've got a mate who likes sports, podcasts, or can relate to Pope's disgruntled dad problems, feel free to send the podcast their way. Dropping a review is also a massive help for us if you get a second. Any questions or topics you'd like us to get stuck into, give us a shout at my convos with the Pope over on Instagram. Nice one, gang. Stay safe and enjoy the show. Hello, lad. Okay. Yeah, yourself. Good, yeah. We're recording. We are, lad, yeah. Just, you know, I don't know how much of it goes in at the start, but we'll see. Run a bit late there, I'll come. (laughs) (laughs) The old, uh, yeah. Rematch nerves, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've been a bit off, lad. Maybe it's the agitator, as a big pussy bump and seal, I would say. Don't know. Really? So when you say you're being a bit off, what exactly? Like Corona or what? Yeah, what are we talking? I hope not. I hope not. Do you know what? That's a bit sneezy, to be honest with you, the last couple of days. But I, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's called a fever, mate. Yeah. Jesus Christ, the hypochondriac, aren't you? I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I've got a uh, Woody Allen tendencies, haven't I? But um, can't get the doctors. Well, you haven't gone anywhere to catch coronavirus, really, have you, son? Well, I actually. Do you know what? We went to our Danny's on Monday. First little uh, outing, cup of tea on the grass. Because they've been uh, they've been keeping it close, lad. Nothing going out at all. So, yeah, we went yeah. round. It was nice. Nice to see faces, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but as I say, I haven't really been uh, living in isolation as, as long or as much as you have. How's the sound, by the way? I'm uh, I've had to relocate. I'm, I'm not at the uh, bed's dressing table. She's got that on it today. She's uh, she's working upstairs, so I've had to revert back to the living room. But I know we've had a few few sound issues from the living room in the past, so I've uh, actually got a chair and my laptop sat on a chair in front of me as I'm sat on the couch. So Lou's put a foot down, has she? What, mate? Lou's put a foot down, has she moved? You get, you get like Milton from Office Space. She's getting moved around the building, moved around <laughs> the house. Well, I just thought it's easier to move a laptop around than an actual monitor where she's set up like so. No, you sound, lad. You're good, you know. Sounds Sounds fine. Honestly, that sounds all right to me. Yeah. How have you been, lad? How's your week been? 
Fucking strange. Yeah, bit of a strange it's week fun. to strange week to do a, a funny comedy kind of betting podcast, isn't it? Really, there's no betting, and there's there's not much to laugh about, is there? At the moment, really. Well, you know, he's, yeah, I always find try and find an angle like comedy wise, but uh, but no, it's the world's upside down. It's, as you know, it's absolutely mad times that we're living in. But we're uh, we're here to, to to provide entertainment, and, and and if we can along the way provide one or two winners, so we'll. Uh, Obviously, we've got to touch on uh, recent events, what's happening around the world, in particular yeah, America. But at the same time, we'll uh, yeah, we don't want it to be uh, too deep. We'll, we'll try and keep it as uh, as light as possible. Eh? Well, we'll come we'll come back to all that, lad. Let's have a little talk about um, the last episode first, if you don't mind. Such a great positive feedback for like the Istanbul stuff, all the personal accounts. But you got a bit of backlash over your your Lance Armstrong takes, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, well, it's, it's it's all subjective at the end of the day, isn't it? It's uh, we'll when we cover the episode in a, in a bit more detail shortly, I'll um, I'll come on to how I'm doubling down, and nice to see that I've got some support from from some respected journalists who are, who are actually involved in the making of the documentary, uh, which is uh, which I'll, I'll come on to in a, in a bit more detail. I don't think I was uh, I was too controversial in my views. One of our mates, Mullen, didn't necessarily agree with with what I had to say about Armstrong, but. At the same time, he didn't agree uh, that Stephen Gerrard's performance against West Ham in the FA Cup final was the greatest performance of all time. So you can take his opinion with a pinch of salt when it comes to uh, to all things sports. Didn't he think French Open had the most uh, most winners, individual winners since the turn of the century? I think that was his shout. I don't think tennis is his strong point. Funny you should mention Gerard. I was on that's, a... how much, that's, that's how much weight his, uh, his sporting opinion carries anyway. So, hello, Mullen. Nice to... Uh, your opinions are always uh, always welcome on the uh, on the on the show. Keep them coming. He he does take um, skulls over Gerard as well, which I, I'd imagine might interest you in the midfield. Of course he does, yeah, absolutely. Isn't he isn't he an Irish Knott's Forest fan who also supports Man City? <laughs> I think financially he supported Man City. I think he, he had a had a wager against Liverpool this uh, this season, so he was very. You're much talking in... the cleaners, haven't you on that one? <laughs> well, we'll see. In a couple of games' time, possibly. <laughs> or, as long as nothing goes wrong. Ever the wrong. optimist, Stephen. Ever the optimist. <laughs> so you still don't think the football's going ahead on the 17th of June, no? Um, yeah, I, I hope so, lad. I hope so. I felt I watched Boris's press conference yesterday before we get to American politics, and he looked a little bit flappy, I thought, on the stand there yesterday, that, that the numbers still haven't continued to go down, have they? I think... Um, as we record, this was about 350 odd deaths yesterday and about 1,800 infection rates. And he, I felt like he was pivoting away from, you know, let's start things moving, let's get out of lockdown sort of thing. You know, it's more airing towards we've got to be more cautious. We can't overwhelm the beds again. So I don't know. I'll just watch this space. I think it's very much day by day. I think people are getting a little bit carried away with what they can do out of lockdown and yeah. Ultimately, I don't know how much that impacts the second spike, and if that comes before the footy, they might have decisions to make. But it sounds like the testing's all under control, lad. There's been very few findings in terms of football players, hasn't there, over the over the first few rounds of testing. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, we'll be all right, lad. Regardless, and uh, as I say, the the league will kick back off and give us all a boost. It's, it is alarming the the, the the infection and death rates. I'm I'm, I'm checking it every day. Expecting it to, to come down, you know, below 100 if you look at the rest of Europe. Um, it's, it's a bit frightening, to say the least, to be honest with you. But, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's as I say, I'm, I'm sort of 
and on the side of optimism. Post recent back, football's imminent. Do you not find um, it mad, lad? Do you, do you not find it mad that he's encouraging, you know, more activity, more going out, more families getting together when Germany is starting to flap it again at the moment and they've they've only got like 130 cases. They're reviewing their lockdown and for 130 cases. We've got like 300 deaths. It just seems... It seems mm. nuts. And you've got to remember <laughs> who's leading us here. This is a fella who in early March was boasting and, and bullish about shaking hands with coronavirus patients. It wouldn't stop him. <laughs> you know, this is the man leading leading the charge here. I think yeah. he's very much... I understand wanting to get the economy back up and running. And, and I was going to say, he's under pressure from capital, capitalist investors to the, to the um, Tory party at the end of the day. So I think, yeah, I think that's why he's... Coming out with the statements he is of late. I do understand what you're saying, and there needs to be more of a balance. And ultimately, people's health comes first and foremost. But I think, obviously, through the statements and the words he's, he's talking past week, I think that's more so, yeah, under pressure from the, uh, in regards to the economy, to be to, to be honest with you. We haven't even touched George Floyd yet, and we've we've got heavy. I didn't expect us to get, to get this, <laughs> this heavy. And all the- I wanted to exchange pleasantries a bit more, really, see how your week's been. Uh, did you get out on the golf course with the, with your John? Did you play? We didn't, lad. PFG? No, we didn't. We're still weighing it up. We, we've been working on some bits. He's been working on some stuff, so we haven't really had the chance yet. And the weather's dipped a bit now, hasn't it? So I, there was no Fanny house? <laughs> no. Fanny was very no, much fan. Fanny was very much indoors, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're looking at it. Hopefully, over the next the next few days, I was looking at London again, lad. To be honest with you, but it's uh, just doesn't. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, had that been shelved? Because you mentioned a couple yeah. of weeks ago, you looking at it. Your Alan was going to take you, taxi you down there. But then there's been been no talk of it since, like, so have you shelved it or? It's or just not way? doable, really, lad. I, I've looked into it. Um, it'd be a case of isolating when I come back up here, and Airbnb aren't really open unless it's for um, essential travel. So. I just don't really know how I could do it, and then, you know, quarantine and, and come back here really to the uh, to the family base. So yeah, that's... are you go to accommodation? Is it stay Airbnb? You are. Is that you go to accommodation Airbnb? Yeah, I'd say so. Hotels, but hotels aren't open at the moment, so it's uh, no, no. it's tricky, lad. It's tricky. So it's yeah, it's FaceTimes and uh, Netflix dates without without the chill at the moment, unfortunately. Been back on the bud this week or, or not? I did have two buds in the garden on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Quite Monday. the taste for it, aren't you? <laughs> two buds. Yeah, two buds. The last of the sun. Um, our mate Matty popped What type up. of bud are we talking about here? Not ones you stick in a plastic <laughs> bottle, no, and, uh, <laughs> and light up. <laughs> not the ones you turn into a lava and put into yogurts, no? No, no, no. None of that, yeah. Just a couple of light beers in the sun. The last of the sun, I think it's going to be a bit... A bit grey and dreary uh, for a few weeks, isn't it, lad? Looking at it, unfortunately. It is. We probably had our summer, let's be honest. Might actually get some work done. Might actually get productive. But you actually work, do you? <laughs> I do. You, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be surprised, lad. Gambling. Shots fired. I've come out the traps flying here, haven't I? <laughs> you'd be surprised, lad, yeah. And was there anything of value in the car? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, tape deck some Credence tapes, and there was a, uh, uh, my briefcase. In the briefcase? Uh, uh papers, um, just papers, uh, you know, uh, 
papers, business papers. And what do you do, sir? I'm unemployed. A little bit of mind map, a little bit of projects, different projects going on, cooking at the moment. And obviously, as we say, gambling's returned, which is always good for me, lad, to be uh, to be backing and laying and whatnot. Before that, Easy. though, episode data, I, I can imagine you might have a, a bone to pick over, over the edits, haven't you, know, over the last episode? Well, yeah, I'd pre-warned you, really, because as we've touched on previously, we don't really have much of a relationship or, or we have a relationship but it's strictly business nowadays more so than anything it's seems it. I think our friendship's sort of gone by the wayside which is which is fine by me I least. think that's more you're doing I've reached out a few times and said should we have a little off the record absolutely stonewalled well it's exhausting really isn't it do you know what I mean I'm, I'm investing as much of my time as I can into this uh, into this project you see so once a week is, uh, is generally being our sort of uh, basis of our Friendship over the last, well, certainly the last few years, like, yeah. so I don't really want to exceed that if, if I can avoid it. No. But uh, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd message you, I pre-warned you, I was listening back to last week's episode, and um, yeah, but, well, to say I'm disappointed with probably being on the same as I was more mortified than anything. Um, with your editing, I'd probably refer to it as tactical editing uh, on your part, um, in, in, the, in the fact that you'd taken out that felt anyway, any best bits from the show, I'd had a, quite a sort of profound, sentimental couple of minutes discussing obviously my dad and, and obviously the fact that he'd give me the gift of support in Liverpool, which is best best gift he could have I could have received. And obviously I'm going to likewise pass that on to my boys. Um, I'm quite a private person, sort of tend to keep the emotions intact from time to time. So uh, yeah, for me to to speak as profoundly as I did about my dad and obviously my, my previous experiences following Liverpool. All for it to be uh, on the chopping floor was, um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed to say the least. And what more of you really is that, uh, not just as a, as, a, as a colleague, but as a producer, but I'm sure you've got your reasons for it. I just felt we'd we'd gone on a bit. I mean, they were lovely sentiments. Uh, and look, you've, you've shoe on them in here, haven't you, Popey? You've, you've come back relentlessly. And, and you say you've shoe on them in, only for them to be edited out to the... Uh, <laughs> Once once it all goes, uh, once it gets released, no doubt. Watch this space, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what makes the final edit. But, yeah, lovely sentiments, Popey. It did border a little bit on the bed wet and I thought, and we'd just gone on about Liverpool so much. And to be honest with you, lad, I feel like I was doing you a duty. I was, I was protecting your brand, really. I think it was a little bit too earnest for our loyal listeners. You know, I don't want them thinking you've softened, lad. I, I, I wanted to kind of... Maintain your personality and the uh, the persona you've you carved out so far on this podcast. It, it was a little bit too soft for you. So, so hang on a minute. So, so you 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 thought it was too LFC centric, or, or to use your exact words in your text to me, two red men. Um, so, what exactly were you expecting when we were discussing the 15 year anniversary of Istanbul? I think we more than covered it. I think I didn't expect us to discuss Gerard as much as we did at length the FA Cup final. So it was a little bit of a little bit of a double dose for, for non-Red fans. We don't want to be turning into the Annie Road, uh, what's it called, the Anfield rap, do we, you know? Well, is it, is it more so that you don't want to alienate 
non-Liverpool fans or, or Everton fans or, or you just want to be more popular than me on the pod? What, what is it? It's definitely not a popularity thing. <laughs> definitely not. I'm sure your popularity would have gone up if it would have stayed in. I'm sure it would have touched. Because oh, it wasn't just that about me, Dad. There was a few funnies in there as well, which I had noticed you'd, uh, you'd take Do you think out. I cut some funnies out? I'm sure I left enough funnies in there, Popey, for you. Surely. I don't know. It, it just it come across to me as though you're slightly intimidated by me. That's all, but... The show must go up, as they say, so, um, yeah, still a V. Sounds like the, you uh, might need a breather. Sounds like you might need, like, a, I don't know, 48-hour trip, like Rodman, maybe to, to Blackpool instead of Vegas, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little bit of steam off here. It's happening. You donkey ride, yeah, great. <laughs> Obviously, we've got to cover a fair bit of Liverpool. We're Scousers, we're Liverpool fans. It's a sport pod, so, you know. I'd like to say I know where you're coming from, but as I say, with it being the 15 anniversary, 15 year anniversary of Istanbul, I thought it was uh, more than apt. But yeah, you've uh, you've got your reasons. So uh, as I say, celebrate. I'll keep it in mind with this uh, with this episode's Ed of Popey, definitely. I'll uh, I'll keep your feelings close to my heart as I uh, as a yeah. ch- as a chop through your best bits in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Before yeah, we giving you all the magic here, mate. It's only for you to chop it out, but there you go. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll do a better job of it, lads. We'll do a better job of the edits next next time. Before we move on to the Black Lives Matter and... Uh, the heavy stuff. The heavy stuff, lad. Did you want to get into Lance? Did, did you get a chance to watch Lance this week? Or were you, not again, not putting the, the hours in away from the phone call, as per usual? Well, exactly. I'm, I'm, as, again, we've touched on it several times on the show. I'm, uh, yeah, pretty lazy, to say the least. But... I'd, I'd sort of covered it or, or kept an eye on it from from a, a distance through uh, other other sorts of means and channels. And uh, I was listening to Dan Lebethard, uh podcast. It's an ESP, ESPN podcast that you probably got me into probably about 18 months, two years ago now. Yeah. Both massive fans of the show. And they had on, I think it was last Friday, they had the ESPN journalist, Jeremy Shap. Yeah. I don't know whether he's... Obviously, I haven't watched the documentary, but I don't know whether... He's a talking head on the show, or or I think he had some sort of involvement in the documentary. Can't remember. Am I right in thinking that? Obviously, we haven't watched. I mean, you know. I can't remember. It was. Do you know what? It was quite forgettable. I, I, I'll go on. Carry on. And I'll... <laughs> so did you? Did you watch it? So you've you've watched it in its entirety, then? Yeah. I have yet, lad, and about about thirty minutes into the second episode, I was like starting to realise why I don't really like cycling. Why I've never really bothered with it. It's not a sport of. Took too much interest then. Yeah. You can argue it's not a sport. I don't know what it is, really. With, with, with the drug use so prevalent, I don't really understand what it is. It, it's, a, it's a human endurance task, isn't it? But it's full of doping, so I don't really get the the appeal of it these days. Maybe it's been cleaned up since the Lance Armstrong era, I'm not too sure, but I was just, I don't know, half an hour into the second episode, I was just thinking... I don't give a shit about these people. Personalityless sportsmen. I don't give a shit about the sport. I don't really care about the, their achievements because it's all it's all so tainted, lad. You know, don't get me wrong, lad. I'm not I'm not blind. We spoke about Barcelona last week, and we spoke spoke about how much drug use is in is in modern sport these days. But you know, with football, with basketball, say even if players are using. You know, there's still a skill to the sport. You've still got to be deaf. There's yeah. talent on show. Cycling is basically how, how much the body can take and, and for how long. And 
if that's tainted with yeah, exactly yeah. if that's tainted with drugs, what's the point? That's the whole sport taking over there and. Tell you what, dog lad, Jimmy Lee's not going to be happy with you. We might have lost our most loyal listener to the show, who only last week was comparing us to uh, to Gervais and Stephen Merchants. I think we were second on his all-time list beneath those two uh, legends of the game. Like So, uh, yeah, he's not going to be happy. Jimmy Lee being the, uh, the cycling advocate that he is, massive fan of Tour de France, I think he's actually gone to it. I did, uh, I did think about that. I did think about that. And I've completely pivoted, haven't I? I was discussing a WhatsApp group about potentially going to the south of France, I believe. Has his dad got a, a holiday holiday home down there? I think so. He's, he's, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I think we were so, talking about... Uh, that one. Yeah, I think we were talking about a few red wines in the sun, watching the stage of the tour that, that passes through locally. I think that's very much going to be off the table now, isn't it, after these, <laughs> these sports on cycling. But yeah, I just... I don't know, lad. I think, you know, you might as well watch a gang of beakheads and see who can stay up the longest. I think that'd be a better, <laughs> a better spectacle than the Tour de France. Better personalities on show. Yeah, better personalities on show. Um, the cycling fraternity just, I ju- it just left me empty. Really, the documentary lad. And as I say, you haven't watched it. I wouldn't go out your way to watch it if I'm honest. What was the journalist saying? What was this, uh, the chap saying about Armstrong? Well, this is why I'm, I'm, I wouldn't really feel the need to comment on it, but only for me to be backed into a corner by by both uh, John Mullen and Jimmy Lee and a, a WhatsApp group we've got with them. Uh, Jimmy Lee has just touched on into his cycling. Um, John's just into his, uh, his controversial views more so than anything, I think. So I've back, been backed into a corner, feel the need to double down. Uh, and I was delighted to be listening to Dan Levitar podcast on Friday. Journalist Jeremy Shap. On the show, they were interviewing him. He was, he might have even been in the documentary making for the 30 for 30. Mm. If not, he was involved in some sort of capacity. Mm. Um, interesting quotes that I took away from it, uh, which was basically just endorsing his uh, Lance Armstrong's cheat at the time, uh, which would obviously be deemed as, as controversial, sort of 20 years removed, and, and obviously him now being convicted and having disgraced the sport um, to the extent that he has. But yeah, there was basically um, one of the comments, which was actually a quote from a competitor at the time who was on the show. Uh, his name escapes me. Um, but basically he said, there's in the Tour de France, there is a 2% difference between first and last. So the head of the peloton after three weeks of, of grueling riding. Yeah. Uh, um, to, 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 to the person who finishes at the very back of the peloton, there's literally just a, a 2% difference over the three weeks, which obviously is, is my news. If you use an EPO, which is obviously a form um, of um, performance-enhancing drugs, uh, it increases your performance by as much as 10%. So in his view, basically, Jeremy Sharp was, well, why wouldn't you do that? And mm. they were actually, to quote him, they were his, his words. He also said that, in his opinion at least, which I know Jimmy Lee doesn't agree with, he's the most naturally gifted athlete ever in that sport. And if he didn't do what he was doing at the time... Then he wouldn't have finished in the top fifty. But do, which is, doesn't that doesn't that reinforce doesn't that reinforce my my point though, Pope of, of yeah. the lack of natural gift to succeed in the sport. Then you well, know this is it, exactly. So that's that's this is again it's subjective. It's one man's opinion, um, but in his opinion, at least having been involved in the documentary and having followed Lance's Armstrong career very closely and interviewed him several times in the past. In his opinion, he's the most naturally gifted athlete in that sport at the time. But if he wasn't taking drugs, if he wasn't taking PEDs, EPOs, whatever you want to call them, 
then he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have finished in the top fifty. Yeah. Which is yeah. Really, if you just let that digest and think about that, that's just absolute madness. Yeah, I don't 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 get me wrong, yeah. It's widespread. The uh, the cheapness is, is that is just 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 mind. I think me. it's I think it's gone a long way to to make people realise how how much it was going on and you know how he wasn't just an individual. I know the lads were saying that his drug taking was industrial in comparison the blood transfusions and whatnot. I'm not sure how much the other guys were were doing similar similar stuff, but I just think that that kind of points out the. It's not about natural gifts. There's not much difference in terms of of talent, of natural gifted no. talent. It's just about the drugs. These it's, it's about who's taking the best drugs effectively. Absolutely. Which for me renders the, the sports, well, if you can call it a sport, mean um, pretty pretty futile, to be honest with you. Mm. But that's, mm. again, that's, that's, that's only my opinion. It's your opinion. And obviously it's the, the ESPN journalist's opinion as well. But Yeah, and I do remember him on the dock as well. I do remember him talking on the dock and, and giving that giving that statistic, like, yeah, and yeah, just not for me, I don't think, Popey. Honestly, I think I'll it's like the old saying, you'd you'd shut the curtains if they were playing in my back garden. I think that'll be me with the uh, the Tour de France. Bill Shankly, what a quote. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah if we are uh, <laughs> if we are in attendance, I think I'll have me back turn the other way in protest. Got kicked out because we're a group of black people, and like I guess people, what's going on in America? They're afraid we're gonna say something or do something, but we just really want to watch the rally and to get kicked out because we're a group of black people. It's really crazy. It shows you how racist our own school is that we can't even go to our own school. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise, El Chopper ain't tried to snap you. Surprise, the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out LA, we gon' fuck it up. Home of the Ryan the King Ride, we don't give a fuck. Um, I mentioned process there, Popey. Should we should we move on to the the George Floyd conversation, the Black Lives Matter conversation? Um, been a we can do, yeah. I've noticed you put a few bits up on the Instagram page. I don't. We don't really want to alienate or disillusion any of our followers on the page with it being a sports podcast. So uh, yeah, you might want to refine that more moving forward potentially. But yeah. I'm sure you've uh, got your reasons for it. Oh, so uh, I'll take the floor. No, I don't agree with that, lad. I think there's got to be more more conversation around the issue. Now, I think um, it's probably a bit of a seminal moment, lad. You know, there was such a backlash, wasn't it, to Kaepernick a few years ago? Yeah. Um, us as NFL. Probably so, let's be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they, they changed it up and made it about the flag, uh, made it about him being unpatriotic when it was about... Nonsense. Yeah, police militarisation and police brutality. And I think he's come out of this looking pretty good, hasn't he, four years later, um, Colin Kaepernick? Head of his time, if you will, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I just think in general, from a personal point of view, it, it was just it was just pretty upsetting. And I, and I think, you know, what we're going through, what we're feeling about it, all our emotions are, are you know, bottom of the ladder, aren't they? I'm, I'm a 34-year-old white man, British, from 
the suburbs of of Merseyside, like you know. So so yeah. what I'm feeling doesn't really come into it, but no, at the same doesn't time, mean you, doesn't mean you can't have an opinion on the matter, though. No, absolutely, and I think it's probably a good thing that I have felt a little bit. I don't know, lad. I felt a little bit privileged the the, the last few days. It's it's really been been magnified. I felt a little bit a little bit helpless, lad. You know, we've we've got black mates and and Asian friends and. I don't know. I, I, it's made me think of I have I done right by them over the years. I think over our relationships there, I've kind of gone out of my way not to address racism, not to not to make me mates feel like they are a different race. You know, to me, and maybe I think going forward, that's not. I don't know if that's subconscious or or, or conscious. You know, I think it's just been an attempt to to. Um, to be on the same level and, and, and not make them feel in, indifferent. But I think possibly we need to have more of a debate about the black experience and the, the, the ethnic experience with people who we who we associate with, who are from minority groups moving forward. I don't know. It's, if, if you've got friends, like, like we both have, who are, who are, who are different ethnicities or, or, or cultures... Then you, you don't treat them any differently than any any of your other mates, and, and quite rightly so. So definitely not. I think my opinion's different on that in that respect. I think that would be unnecessary and could potentially make them feel, you know, feel awkward. Or, well, I'm not. Or, say, or, listen, lad. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm gonna. I want daily updates of the black experience from 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 our <laughs> mates. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. I, I, you know, it's a bit extreme. Maybe there should be more debate there. If an incident's happened... Well, there's, 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 there's several things to break down here, basically. So you've got, first of all, police brutality and, and the, the specific incident with, with George Floyd. Mm. Politics that come into it, and then obviously you've got the, the activism and the, and the protests which, which are over in the UK. And I'll just, just start with the actual incidents itself. We discussed it, lad, yeah, yeah. We discussed it last week, didn't we? we, we, we did we, yeah. Did, did you edit it out, or have I just not been listening properly? <laughs> no, I didn't edit it out. Is that a... Is that a rib shot? Is it again at the at the editing process? Sort of, yeah. But but yeah. So we don't need to cover that too much. But but in terms of police brutality in America, it's it, it's it's always it's something that's been there for a, for a long time. Obviously, there's been cases in the past, Rodney King, and and, and now obviously this. I think um, watching the video backs upset at the end of the day. Not heavy. Yeah. Something, something ultimately needs to change. Um, I think the issue with America is this, this deep-rooted institutional racism, and it's now starting at the top more so than than ever with with the biggest. That is Donald Trump run the country. Something needs to be done. I don't know. Obviously, we need to throw the book at, at, at the police officer. And it's only today that they've also charged the uh, other three officers who were at the scene. They have, yeah. In, uh, in second degree murder. Um, so it sounds like they're going to throw the book at, at all four of them, and, and, and rightly so. Just looking at the sort of the political angle and, and Donald Trump, he certainly doesn't doesn't help matters. And he's just constantly, over the course of the last week, He's, he's adding fuel to the fire all the time. Just looking at some of his quotes. Initially, when I think the riot initially started, I think we're on day eight, day eight, day nine now of mass protests, which has now gone into riot and, and looting, which isn't necessarily right, but it's what you'd expect from, from sorts of desperate people. Mm. Poverish people in, in, in areas, it's, it's to be expected. It's not something that I'm going to condone. But he's, he's saying stuff like, I'm going to set the dogs on the protesters. Yeah. Uh, and the law, which was another quote he come out over the course of the last week, which is I don't know whether he's being facetious or or, or, or he's being genuine. Uh, I don't know whether he's 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 looking for I don't know he's he's trying to trying to be funny in some way. It's just but obviously now is not the time time to be doing that. And I just think 
the way things are going in America at the minute, I think we're on the verge of a race war, to be honest with you. Some of the stuff I'm seeing, mate, over the past week from the news, which has been uh, covered, you've got white rednecks driving pickup trucks through crowds for protesters in America. I've seen one the other day, some fella uh, with a crossbow, shoot crossbows into crowds of protesters. I've seen another video of, of, of some neighbourhood in America just jumping, just just white people who were sort of walking through, battering them. It's 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 no longer it, it, the, the the sort of the message is, is no longer about police brutality and it's not about equality. It it, it seems to be more about race. Um, and it, 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 as scary as it sounds, I think there's a race war imminent. If if Donald Trump doesn't pick up his ideas and, and change his stance or his, 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 his approach to it, all. the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. It's been an upsetting week, but I think there is, there is space for optimism. It does feel like a, a turning point in the trajectory of the way American politics has been going, Pope, you were speaking about it over the last couple of weeks. I do feel mm. like this is a bit of a wake-up moment for them. Um, and essentially, it does come down to voters, doesn't it? it? You know, it comes down to elections and and letting these people know that the rhetoric that he uses, Trump, you know, you're saying, why can't he just come out? And uh, it was Jim Mattis, actually. I don't know if you've seen that late last night, lad, is... Um, his ex-defence um, secretary who stepped down in 2018 over the the Syrian policy. Now, he's a very stoic fella. He's been very silent. He hasn't spoke up against Trump or that. Didn't agree with that Syria policy. But he actually came out late last night and called him the first president who doesn't try to unite people. He actually tries not to unite people. He tries to split them apart. He said he's, he's a threat to the constitution. Um, and he feels like the country can unite, can unite more without mm. their without their leader. So that's pretty. Yeah. That's the guy who Trump faced. Common like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And and even his um, his current defense secretary looked in the press conference yesterday to kind of be sliding away from him. I feel like there's been a lot of a lot of chances to go at Trump. A, a lot of moments where you thought this could be the moment where it all kind of falls down for him, the house of cards. Mm. I, I just don't see how he really gets away with this one. I feel like we're starting to see the Republican Party really sliding away from him here. And that's the only yeah. that's the only way we're going to get over it, lad, because over the last few years and with Trump and in Europe from Hungary and we've kind of seen it with Brexit and that, this, um, this kind of right-wing conservatism, conservatism has crept in big time, you mm-hmm. know, the white power and as terrible as it is for George uh, George Floyd's family, you just hope that his his death isn't in vain and and we do we do start getting a getting a shift. It does up. make a change, yeah. Which is which is let's be honest, it's institutional racism has been been there in America for for, 
forever, arguably, but mm. he doesn't, uh, as I say, he's just constantly adding fuel to the fire and he seems to be getting off on it as well, which is uh, which is worrying as the leader of the country and leader of the free world as well. Or, mm. So, at least. Um, well, is the, is the French secretary basically, uh, he just, he basically rubbished that, that walk, you know, with the, did you catch him holding the Bible outside the church? Did you see that? That yeah, the knowledge of all the day, very uncomfortable. Was it his Bible? Did someone borrowed him, you know, he, he didn't seem to go into the church. The church was boarded up, wasn't it? But, uh... I was going to say, if he's that foot in the church, he probably burst into flames. <laughs> he can bust. Okay. You mentioned the Bible. You've been talking about how it's your favourite book. And you said, I think last night in Iowa, some people are surprised that you say that. I'm wondering what one or two of your most favourite Bible uh, verses are. Well, I, I wouldn't want to get into it because to me that's very personal. You know, when I talk about the Bible, it's very personal. So I don't want to get into there's verses. No, there's I don't no want to get into. There's no, no verse I, that means I, a I lot just, to you that you think about or cite. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Even to cite a verse that no, you like. No, I don't want to do that. You're I mean, an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy? Uh, probably equal. I think it's just an incredible. The whole Bible is an incredible. I joke. Uh, very much so. They always hold up the art of the deal. I say my second favorite book of all time. But uh, I just think the Bible is just something very special. Honestly, he's getting worse. I can imagine he's going through bags of Cheetos in that uh, that bunker he's been pitched out at down the bottom of the White House. But it is, lad. It, it, it's it's worrying times. And, and as you say... Very worrying times. Very worrying, mate. Yeah, of course. And I, I, Love it. Don't forget, I've got two young kids. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my kids into this world. 2020, you'd expect more more equality, and uh, yeah, you wouldn't expect this to be going on, which is which is obviously worrying. Um, I've noticed as well. Obviously, we've got mass protests now in England. There was something the other night outside St George's Hall, and yeah. I Park yesterday as many as fifteen thousand. While I do appreciate there is a need, and, and and things do need to change, and ultimately without protesting and then and, and activism, things generally don't change. So we do understand it. Do understand there's a need for it, but as part of me as well, I don't don't feel entirely comfortable with mass protests during a during yeah. a pandemic due to a fear of a second spike more so than anything. Yeah, Boris seemed very very concerned about that yesterday. Maybe that's as much as the stats we spoke about before. Maybe that's as much as concern because it was me. Mrs was down there. She was on the march in uh, in London yeah. in London yesterday, and she said it was. It was tight, like you know, she had a mask on and that. There was there was no social distancing. Yeah. You you can't do social distancing, but maybe lad, I don't know. Maybe some things are more important. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you've got to, as you say, activism is so important, and I think the show of solidarity shows lad. If there is fears of this race war creeping in, uh, I think we know what side will win. Will win out. Hopefully, I think there's more. It's more of a minority of Americans. Yeah. I, I know it's crept in more into the mainstream, and obviously with Trump winning last time, that that was a real, a real bad sign. But I think, I think the moderate voters who got him over the line last time, surely they're going to swing back. Like by all accounts, it was it was moderate Obama voters who felt left back, left behind by the Obama administration, who yeah. swung to Trump to get him over the over the line last time. You got to remember, Hillary got more votes in the last election, lad. Overall, more votes. The way it's set yeah, up, Trump got more states. Of yeah. course, <laughs> of course. So I do think mm. there is going to be a there is going to be a, a big swing back, and obviously I'm set to benefit from that financially. But I think there's a lot, a lot more, <laughs> a lot more to gain than a than the Biden bet going in, lad. I would imagine. Well, yeah. Well, I was, I'll, I'll come on to the um, yeah the sort of the, the your, your financial uh, 
investments on on, on Biden. But uh, did you notice as well one thing in the pickup just just to shed some sort of uh, bit of bit of like humour onto the uh, onto the situation if if it's all possible. Um, did you see is it John Boyega the of Star Wars fame uh, yesterday in Hyde Park of a an apparent impassioned speech? No, no, I didn't see it. No. No, well, it was uh, it was well reported. Um, do you know um, uh, John Boyega? He's he's been in the I think two two of the most recent Star Wars films from London. Pretty decent actor. Um, so we had a megaphone anyway, and he was uh, yeah, it was well reported. It was in through through various different news outlets. They were going on about how he given a passion speech. So we listened to it yesterday, and and in all fairness, mate, he completely lost me halfway through. Was it? Were you just rambling, just a mess? He was ranting a little bit. Yeah, I think he should just. Uh, Stick to reading off scripts and leave the uh, the activism to someone else. To be honest with you, I think it has been great to see the activism, though, lad. Uh, especially, <laughs> of course, the it, American, it, it, the American intentions, like, but. Just listen to it back, as I say. It was, uh, yeah, he did lose me halfway through. I'll have a little. I'll have a little listen to it, like, definitely. And, and and these people, these people in the in the public eye, do need to step forward. Ultimately, of course, they do. I was, well, I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised to see Michael Jordan release a statement, which is um, obviously I don't want to end up on on MJ's list, there, like. But uh, <laughs> if you're if you're that if you're that senator who was looking for his support in the early nineties, you've got to be thinking, fucking hell! Now he realizes he's African American. Jesus Christ, where was he? Where was he back in the nineties when I was fighting for for Carolina? Yeah, where was he when I needed him? Yeah, he's now found his voice. Clearly, cops obviously don't buy sneakers <laughs> too, do they? By the, by the looks of things, <laughs> he's not concerned. Well, you should mention MJ because I was having a uh, WhatsApp discussion with uh, with Mark and Jimmy and two of our mates, Mark Davis, Jimmy Lee, who listened to the podcast um, the other day, and, and obviously we were saying you'd think it was pretty much a done deal for Biden, and pretty much if it was anyone else other than Biden. Um, you, you, you'd, you'd be cashing your you, you betting now. Um, mm. Of Biden's comically senile, isn't he? Bless him. And uh, I think if it wasn't for Joe Biden and the opponent was anyone else other than him, then uh, I think you'd probably be fancying the chances a lot more. And it was suggested that maybe uh, Michael Jordan should have uh, should have threw his, uh, his hat in the ring for presidency. Um, and it was actually Mark who said someone should have told him that uh, Trump said he was shit or slagging him off during his career. And that would have been enough to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get him on the ballast. <laughs> I said, don't imagine if you would have done that. He probably would have turned into the greatest world leader of all time. He, he would have, yeah. If you could have stoked the fire somehow in his in his politics. Was that driven? Yeah. He in his politics. I like, so yeah, thought, yeah. uh, thought that was quite funny. But uh, yeah, look, Arnie's been the uh, the governor of California, which is obviously uh, extremely high up in, uh, in America. Uh, the American political structure. So uh, stranger things have happened. They have. Uh, they have. Uh, you've got to be, be fancying chances with each passing day on uh, on Joe Biden for the next uh, next American president meeting. Donald Trump has turned this country into a battlefield riven by old resentments and fresh fears. He thinks division helps him. His narcissism has become more important than the nation's well-being that he leads. I ask every American. I mean this in the bottom of Ask every American, look at where we are now and think anew. Is this who we are? Is this who we want to be? Is this who we want to pass on to our children and our grandchildren? Fear, anger, finger pointing, rather than the pursuit of happiness, incompetence and anxiety, self-absorption, selfishness. 
Or do we want to be the America we know we can be? The America we know in our hearts we could be and should be. Look, I look at the presidency as a very big job. And nobody will get it right every time. And I won't either. But I promise you this. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. I'll seek to heal the racial wounds that have long plagued our country, not use them for political gain. What, what price did you get him at? 11 to 8, didn't I? Put him up here at 11 to 8. I think he's into, he's 5 to 6 with VC. He spoke brilliantly, lad. Did you catch him, by the way? I think he must have put some uh, some energy shots into him or something, got him on the <laughs> got him on the Red Bulls. Like, But he was great. He was just, again, similar tone to uh, to, to James Mattis. Like, uh, I'm just saying, how, how can this guy be president when he just fails to, to unify people? I think my biggest obstacle with Biden is, as you say, it's... It's death. It's the coronavirus. <laughs> it's insanity, isn't it? If he if he loses loses his mind from now till November, I think that's that's the. He's starting to make the signs are there, as I say. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a sort of uh, pastor mention off as, as as being funny. Obviously, it's not and it's something that's affected a lot of people. But he's, uh, you can't help but uh, but, but laughing and uh, at some of his. Uh, yeah, some of his performances over the uh, yeah during the campaign, at least as I say, he's, he's comically seen. I bless him, but uh, yeah, as I say, I, you'd probably fancy your chances a lot more if it wasn't Biden going up against them. Mm, but uh, mm. yeah, I think still, um, yeah, you've got to you've got to be uh, yeah fancying these chances now more so than ever. I would have thought. Just back to the activism and sport, lad. Um, we've spoken on here many times about maybe not getting enough from. Specifically, our footballers, our British oh, athletes. Yeah, awful. And, awful um, yeah. You know, we, my the paces. I think he's paces, isn't he? Malcolm Brogdon was out there giving so intelligent speeches and and information. Udonis Haslam was out there first from Miami before any of the any of the staff. Um, I think Boyega could take a leaf out of Brogdon's book by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, this is this is this is what I mean. I don't remember the same sort of process for like. Grenfell Tower or outrage at the Hillsborough acquittals. It would be nice to see our boys stepping up. Troy Deeney's been very vocal, hasn't he? I think over the coronavirus and in his position on that. You're right, Steve. But don't forget, this is these 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 protests, which in some parts of the world are now turned into riots and looting, is on the back of, of, of lockdown or during lockdown. So whether it was George Floyd incidents or whatever else, I think. I think it would have happened anyway. I think this has just added, this is just a spark which has ignited the fire, uh, rightly so. But I think some of this protesting is sort of resulting in, as I say, Ryan or Luton in, in certain parts of America, at least. I think that's a lot of, I think lockdown does have a, a part to play in that. And yeah. People hated them being locked, sort of in their eyes, at least locked up or confined to their own homes. And, uh, as I say, I think this is just the spark which is uh, which has ignited the fire ultimately. As we've mentioned there, Kaepernick. <laughs> is someone going to make the call to Kaepernick now? Is it is it time that someone reaches out and could it be better? What is it? What just for an interview or, or no? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, for the position, for the quarterback position, is it is someone going to take the plunge now? Is is Kaepernick all of a sudden now a a good business move as as the uh, the tone shifts? In terms of Black Lives Matter and police brutality, do you think Kaepernick now ends up with an NFL team next season? 
You'd like to think so, yeah, because he's, he's certainly, um, providing he's been been working out, which which we're all led to believe he has been during uh, during his hiatus from the uh, from the game. Like he's uh, he's had the talents. What, what what a quarterback he was, and at mm. least as a, as a quarterback, he could uh, certainly fill the void in, in any of the thirty two teams in the NFL. I would have thought. Plus, there's enough maverick NFL owners out there, mate. I'm amazed no one took the plunge on him already. To be honest with you. Mm, mm. Was... And they're not all white owners. There's, there's some of different ethnicities. You've got Khan, who's the um, Panthers owner. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised, as I say, uh, no one's took a plunge on him up to now. But I certainly doesn't think it. I certainly don't think it, it harms his his, uh, his position moving forward. But um, talking about sports stars, um, obviously activism's great, and it's something we need more of from our from our sporting stars. Not going to happen, I don't think, with our with our Premier League footballers. As I say, they're all uh, too too much by the book. Unfortunately, but did you um, are you aware of J.R. Smith? I think he's won a couple of NBA titles. Yeah, no, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember his his play in the playoffs where he fought the, I think it was the finals, wasn't it? The Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors, where he fought the he thought they were winning at the final at the, <laughs> at the final buzzer, and they were actually level, and he kept hold of the ball. When he could have took a game-winning shot, yeah, that sort of tarnished his... Uh, not much of a legacy he's had anyway, but certainly tarnished his reputation and his... Uh, his opinion by uh, LeBron James, at least. My God. Um, that that, that, that look. The game and also the series as well and the, the NBA championship. That look that LeBron gave him. Oh, my goodness. As he kept hold of the ball to take it to overtime <laughs> when he could have shot the basket to win it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Jay, it's I, interesting to say because he's, he's no longer playing. He's 34. He could be. Uh, I think he still looks after himself by all accounts. Uh, so, I think... That combined with he always had a bit of a reputation of, of lacking a little bit of aggression on the calls, at least. It's interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video, but uh, of him pummeling a, a protester in LA this week, uh, really landing his size 15, 16s on him, going to town on him. He had to, he had to get dragged off for uh, for apparently uh, protester smashed his car window. Uh, really laid into I did much. see it. I did see the video. Yeah, he was pro- against him. He TMZ gave- reported on it. He gave him the full Jimmy Conway, didn't he? Really was uh, <laughs> levering him like. And to be honest with you, lad, he's that stupid, J.R. Smith. Uh, and it's not just that one incident in the playoffs. Uh, I think he's known to be not much between the ears. That he, he probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks he's white, J.R. Smith, honestly. Or, or he thinks he's a busy. He probably doesn't even know what side he's, he's fighting for. He's that dumb. Well, if only he would have shown that uh, that aggression on the court during his career, he might still be playing, eh? Yeah, he might be, or he might have a few more rings to speak of, definitely. Yeah, that yeah. that incident is one of the craziest moments. How can you not know the score and have the ball at the end of a finals game? Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, so I thought that was uh, an interesting take of... Uh, 
with the mad week that uh, that's, that's been, yeah. Did so. you catch a late take last night, lad, by the way? I don't know if this one's come on your radar yet, but um, Drew Brees has come out quite vocally and said uh, he will never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of or the country in relation to uh, people and players kneeling when the NFL returns. And he's had a... That's naive, isn't it? I haven't caught it, but for, for someone of his standing um, as a franchise quarterback for, for, for one of the better teams in the NFL, um, future Hall of Famer, obviously he's white, those listening who, who don't know who Drew Brees is, and I don't suppose his, his black teammates would have thought uh, too fondly of, of those comments. No, Michael Thomas has gone right for him, like by all accounts, free tweets. Oh, really, yeah? He does. So them. Michael Thomas being probably the Saints' best player, wide receiver... Uh, generational wide receiver tremendous that. player that plays out whether he requests a transfer whether he doesn't want to play for that sort of uh, white elitist, elitist quarterback well again yeah you, you hate to at a time of crisis you hate to be looking at stuff and uh, weighing up your bets on the back of it but great news for the Atlanta Falcons that a rift between Drew Brees and, and Michael Thomas and we, <laughs> we should we should say as well it's Michael Thomas because for a lot of our yeah, obviously English listeners that's Michael Thomas not the Arsenal Centre midfielder and, and Liverpool flop from the from yeah. the mid nineties, like isn't it? Who stole the lead title from us? Yeah, in the early nineties at Anfield. Thanks for that. What a strange signing that was. Was it Sooners who brought him in? The guy who broke our hearts in eighty nine. What a what a weird acquisition. Matt that was. under Sooners. He's just he's a controversial figure, any. So he's obviously just uh, yeah upsetting the uh, the apple carts. Just just stamping his authority. I think yeah, I'll bring in who wants. Uh, no one's dictating to me. I'm the main man type of thing. Obviously, we know where that ended. A son manager ever, wasn't he? Certainly in, in recent memory. In fairness, though, in fairness, as soon as I, I was reading something or, or I listened to something recently, and uh, he was trying to change the culture, apparently, in Liverpool. He was really trying to get into the diet, trying to get into them getting off the ale and, you know, really living cleaner and more. He never really got a chance to implement it by all accounts. So. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, Scottish Arsene Wenger, maybe? Possibly. Sam Allardyce, even, maybe. More like it. <laughs> just, a la- just a last point on the, on the George Floyd. For myself, personally, I-, I-, I think just maybe knowing a bit more and studying a little bit more on the black experience is something that, that I feel that I should do. I- as someone who takes so much from from black culture, lad, you know... Boxers, our favourite sportsmen, musicians, you know, James Brown. I take a lot from black culture. I think it's time I, I, I studied and I, I learned more about about the history and, and the experience going forward, lads. So we can Interesting better... how you use James Brown as the, the example of a, of a black musician that you're fond of. Well, in terms of what? what, what what's well, the other so many more, so many better examples, like, but. You're serious? You're mad? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, lad, the, the greatest, the greatest ever, greatest showman ever for me, James Brown. Like, is the uh, is the all time. He's not Elton John, is he? <laughs> all roads, all roads lead back to Elton, don't they? As of course, always. yeah, absolutely, yeah. As always, yeah. So, as I say, lad, hopefully, hopefully, this is the uh, the monumental moment that America's needed. You'd like to think so, and, and let's hope the uh, throw the book at um, yeah all the uh, all the cops that were uh, that were involved in the incidents. That's that's a, that's a starting point at least. Uh, but ultimately, uh, change needs to come from the top. Uh, whether it will do under Trump's leadership, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too confident it will, but ultimately time will tell. There's no way it will. He has just got to constantly appeal to that white base, hasn't he? So there's no way he's going to come out and say Black Lives Matter. You never hear them say it. He's never said Black Lives Matter. He's never said, he's never criticised police brutality explicitly because that looks like he's taking sides with what his base feels is the opposition. So it's not going to come under Trump, lad. But... Hopefully this has highlighted how far it's got, how out of hand it's got, and that it will mm. it will slide back to the center and a, and a little bit more normality. And people are desperate. And, you know, the pandemic, COVID, it targets the black community. We're the people that don't have the access to healthcare. We're the people that, um, you know, don't have the top-level jobs that are getting cut and replaced. Um, so people have to understand the, the desperateness that, our community is in, how hopeless we feel. Um, and then to, to see another black man murdered in the streets um, for no reason, um, you know, over a fraudulent $20 bill, if you really look at the details of it. Um, it's inexcusable. It, it happens so much. Um, and my fear is that we as a people will become numb to it. So um, it's important for us to stay outraged. It's important for us to... Um, continue to be angry, continue to protest, continue to shed light and highlight, um, you know, what's going on in this country and the broken system that we're living in. What else on your radar, Popey? No, just, uh, I've been, I haven't, I haven't got involved yet, but I've, I've been watching a lot of horse racing, working from home. Yeah. Uh, um, been enjoying that. I don't know about yourself. Wait there, lad. Been... Wait there, lad. Wait there one yeah. sec, lad. Before you start, let me just, let me just get rid of this dog. Out, out of the you stop barking. Low. Come on, shut up. <laughs> Popey, sorry, lad. Did you ask him, can, did you ask him, can you stop barking? Were you expecting a response from him there? Or was it rhetorical? Quite an intelligent dog, you know, sheepdog. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll beat yourself if you're there. Had a go on the, uh, now that's racing is resumed as we record on Thursday. Obviously, it started at Newcastle on Monday. Um, action's been coming thick and fast. Me personally, I'm, I'm I'm just sort of going to keep a close eye on it. Uh, I've got a couple of picks coming up this weekend. One in particular, which we'll uh, touch on uh, towards our best of the week segment. But yeah, I'm just trying to gauge at the minute which trainers are doing well, whose horses are fit. Um, how about yourself? Obviously, racing in lockdown. Have you uh, have you been getting involved? Have you had a little bet, or have you just been admiring the, uh, the William Hill share price going through the roof? We we seamlessly gone from. Uh race to race in here haven't we? we we seem to do these natural segues yeah i like it i like it we're getting a little bit a little bit smoother at the transitions yeah. aren't we i think lad um do you know what yeah we had a goal monday it was a nice little little break from all the madness going on in the world to be honest with you lad um yeah we had a few lucky 15s we might have got involved and uh and New- good. newcastle's big return lad. they felt like the national to be honest with you it felt like national morning <laughs> Papers were out, recent post. Um, my man picked more winners than us, which was oh really, yeah, quite Not amusing. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in adversity as well, we laced the picks. We were lacing. She picked out Brian the Snail was a big, uh, a big pick of the day. And <laughs> fucking hell, lad. Let's be honest. You know, you you put that name to us. Who, who does that? Who does that to their animal? Gives gives the horse that name. What what yeah, owner? It's just ironic, isn't it? No, I like it. It's it's counterintuitive. It's good. Yeah, I like that. Well, it was that. ironic. It was ironic because it flew right past mine, pick into fourth, 
Um, got up on the line for a winner. It was, it was, yeah, it was incredible entertainment. And Sue was on it, was she? Yeah, she was on it. Adding a lucky fifteen, a little single on it. So she was, uh, she was made up. But it, it got me thinking. That's karma. That stay. That's what you get for all these bloody oasis um, sing-alongs you're having in the house. Well, and what you endure, yeah. listening to you, you know, half cut, full of bud, yeah. listening. To- it's the Oasis Harmonies, like, so that's karma, that. Go it was, it was a little bit of karma for a lad, but it got, it got me thinking about the funniest horse names of all time, lad. Can you, can you think of any off the top of your head that I've had you tickled, lad? Or, I had a... I, I know, I remember it a while back, Wayne Rooney, I don't know whether he's, he's got any, I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's, he owns a few resources, like, although it's not well publicised, obviously, Michael Owens, um, yeah, into the game, pretty big. But I remember reading an article a few years ago um, when, when Rudy was, was looking to well, he bought a couple of horses and he was trying to name them, one of which was Hoof Hearted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that got kicked back. And the other one was Norfolk Enchant, which, uh, which, which, uh, which were interesting. Like, But uh, I don't think, as I say, I think they got kicked back, to be honest with you. They'd be... Uh, be interesting comment, commentating on those two and uh, two finished, wouldn't it, you, Mark? Well, I was looking at a few lists, to be honest with you, lad. Um, and yeah, some very, very risque ones that slipped through the net, I think, that did actually get get accepted and get onto the course. Um, oh, really? Yeah, such as? Two in the pink was one, which was a <laughs> little bit sexual. There was one in France simply called, are you ready for this, Big Tits? <laughs> What was that? Was that a translation? Big tits. I don't know. Uh, the write-up says with a name with a name like this, you'd expect the horse to bounce out of the stalls with a plum. <laughs> However, there was little liveliness. On, <laughs> However, there was little liveliness on the track with the French-trained filly finishing unplaced in six races. Just big tits, just out the back. It's insane, isn't it? Passing wind was another one. Another. Um, okay. Very good. Gasphem. G spot was one. Okay, sexual um, again. And then, lad, I'm going to play you a clip here and I'll slot the sound in later for the... Uh, Is it our mate on Coral Radio? You're better in bed. No, no, but it's it's our mate Slambino making, making it reappear. Brilliant. <laughs> and yeah. the heart... He's become a regular fixture on the show. Him. Well, a horse is just called Arr, Arr, you know, like a pirate. Arr, the horse. Okay. So, yeah, lad, yeah, yeah if, can you hear this? I, I'll play this for you, lad, just, to, just so I, I can get you... Come on. I'll play the race. And they're off. Can you hear it? Yeah. And it's Feline Felon who breaks on top. Hefcat right there on the outside with Feline Felon. Five Demon Bag comes out running in third. On the inside, Maps Hope comes out racing in fourth. And in between horses, Spider Rock now in fifth position on the far outside. We've got to get this guy's name, you know, that. Let's go, Yankees is now seventh, followed by Unbridled Wish. Get him on as a guest. Is now nice. And the trailer is on a reading. Into the far turn. Hepcat and Feline Felon. Hepcat. Hepcat up for the lead. Hepcat in front. Feline Felon second. Here's Stan Pat now charging. Third on the outside. Maps Hope is now fourth. Five Demon Bag. Fifth toward the inside. And then it is a Spider Rock. Followed by R on the outside. Coming to the top of the track. Hepcat the leader. Hepcat in front. But here's Stan Pat. Stan Pat up to challenge for that lead as they field. Turns for home. Matt's Wish on the outside runs in third. Then down toward the inside. It's Feline fell in fourth. In the middle of the track is... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds demented. I hope he wins. Stan Pat in front. 
Arg! 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 In front, coming down to the wire. They're coming to the finish, and it's all. Arg! <laughs> Feline fell in second. Stand pat there. Oh, well, wow. he's gone from that to, and then he's he, he's put his professional head back on to obviously announce the full results. Wow, just like, amazing. Because America, it, it, within the American sport landscape, obviously the college sports such as like America, uh, sorry, such as basketball, American football, baseball, they're all the main sports. Obviously, soccer's emerged really yeah. through the women more so than any over recent years, and obviously did the recent success of the MLS. But, but horse racing in general, as they touch on a couple of times on the Dan Levitar podcast, it's quite an elite sport. It is in this country as well, I get that. But the popularity of horse racing in America is uh, is, is my new compared to what it's like in the UK and other parts of the world. So I, I, I'm guessing he's not too handsomely paid being a, being a horse racing commentator in America. So who knows, he might be... Uh, might have fall, been fallen upon uh, desperate times recently. See if he fancies... Uh, yeah. Doing something FOC for us, get him on as a guest. I'm it'd sure be, he'd have God, it'd be, it'd be terrific, lad. You know, we've been weighing up guests and whether it's time to get someone on, haven't we, with us? You know, while we're still finding our feet between ourselves and, and working on our own dynamic, but yeah. you'd have to, you'd have to lift it for him, wouldn't you? You'd have to. He's Richard Oil's mate, don't he? Bloody hell, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, I don't guy. think he does. I, I don't recognise him from like the Kentucky Derbies or the Breeders' Cup. I, I, I don't, I don't think he gets the big gigs, does he? I think he's more of a more of a cult figure, a little bit like ourselves. But as you say, hopefully horse racing will uh, will get a bit more popular in the states, as uh, you mentioned, William Hill there, as as betting is <sighs> is legalised all over all over the country and. Okay, now regardless of what's going on in the world, it's it's flying, isn't it? Right up to what one fifty. As we record now at eleven thirty-eight on Thursday morning. Yeah, I've got a, the Google. I've got the share price in front of me now. It's a what? It's one pound fifty-three ninety-eight. So pretty much, it's uh, it's one pound fifty-four. So it's true. So tri- you buy your shares at sixty-five p. No, fi- fi- fifty-five. Fifty-five, lad. Yeah. Wow. So it's treble. So I, I had 65, 500 shares of 65, 250 shares at 85, and then 250 at 1.5. Mm. And it's going up all the time, honestly. I did say to you, I think not last week, but the week before, I think within a couple of months, it'll be £2 a share, and it's certainly trajecting towards, uh, towards that. It's getting there a bit is, quicker uh, than, you, than, than you thought, isn't it? But yeah, lad, I'm racing. I, 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 on, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I don't do much. Much horse racing laying or, or backing these days. I've I've trialed things over the years and they work for a bit and then they fall away, laying favourites, laying favourites in certain races. But to have a couple of lucky fifteens was just was just fantastic to be honest with you, lad. And as I say, I do the big meetings, I kinda of lay some horses at big meetings and I'll always do some multiples, but if you're looking for a little bit of escapism, a um, a lucky fifteen or a Yankee bet, it, oh, it's, it's a multiple Please. small stake bet where you can get a lot of excitement. You're still in the game even till the till the last race. It's four horses. Couldn't advise them more if you're looking for a bit of fun on a on a Thursday or a Friday afternoon. I so. think so. Just 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 to, just to carry on with the betting theme, um, you were talk, discussing UFC last week. Oh in yeah. Particular- Aaron Woodley, did, did you put him up as your best of the week? I didn't. I didn't. I refrained from uh, from better of the week, luckily. I, I think it was your next best then, at least. I think <laughs> you'd advise that. Well, you'd certainly be backing him a four to seven. So, uh, yeah. what round did he win it? <laughs> 
No, no, I don't think he won a second of the five rounds, to be honest with you, Pope. It was an absolute landslide for the Brazilian lad. Oh, right, got busted, did he, to use uh, the words of Jamie McDonnell? He looked jittery, he looked um, out of sorts, in fairness to him. A bit like you, really, in your betting, putting up fours to sevens, only to get beat, seven to four, or whatever it was in the goal. Listen, I put a couple of little... Jittery, out of sorts. I, couple, I put a couple of little prelims picks up on Twitter. Not that I don't think anyone's seen them, as I say, me, uh, me reaches uh, Philidamide over there, to quote Silvio Dante again. <laughs> But I, but I had a couple of little touches on, on the undercard. A couple of I had three bets on the prelims, two of them won. So it was a losing night still. Woodley was the was the big pick for me. Um but lad, what a fucking terrific card again. Honestly, top to bottom. It was it was brilliant, lad. Brandon Royville on the prelims. My goodness. Um making his debut. Never seen a man more disgusted with himself after winning. Dropped his weight and got the finish, and now the winner, Brandon Royvelle, joins us from the back. And Brandon, a UFC debut could not have been better. You were very emotional on the way to the octagon. Talk to what it felt like to finally make this UFC debut. What's up, Chan? How you doing, bro? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Um, I'm better than that, man. At the end of the day, I'm a striker. I put in exciting fights. That's not going to give me 50K. I'm going to have to go to work next weekend, so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not impressed by myself. Uh... He gassed, uh, and I didn't look good at all, man. I'm, that, bad performance, man. I'm sorry. Well, you got a submission over one of the more credentialed and better submission grapplers in this division. Let's go through the finish. What were you thinking when he was shooting takedown after takedown? But once you got to the top, you were able to go get that arm triangle. Let's walk us through it. I was thinking, why am I letting him take me down, man? I'm not, that, that's not me, but... Yeah, I got the top. He had that guillotine. I knew he wasn't going to get it, but I had his legs locked in a funky place. So I knew I'd be come, coming up in a good place to ground and pound. My coaches were telling me to get out of the submission, but I knew I was good in place, and I knew I wasn't getting choked. And I knew if worse comes to worse, I could just jump to the other side. Brandon, I got to be honest, man. You're being really hard on yourself. You just won your UFC debut over one of the top 15 guys in the division. On Monday, you're going to have a ranking right next to your name as you told us you wanted. You cannot be that disappointed. Man, I'm trying to make money out here, bro. I'm trying to change my life. I'm not trying to go to work tomorrow. I have to go to work tomorrow. You know that? Like, I got to go to work tomorrow. That's because I didn't put on a good performance today. So. No, you put on a fantastic performance. And on Monday morning when the rankings come out, Brandon Roy Val will be in those rankings after his UFC debut. Congratulations, bud, and good luck in the future. Thank you, champ. So intense his post-fight interview. Yeah, he was. He looked tearful. He looked like he he was welling up. Um, he'd had his eyes focused on winning the fifty grand bonus for performance of the night. Was looking to quit his job, not having to work okay. the next day. Um, I don't know what he works as lad. I don't know if that was like a metaphorical going to work the next day that he'd have to be in the gym to improve or. He was opening and on his noticing at the seven, the local Seven Eleven in in Texas. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but never <laughs> yeah, seen a man. These yucks crazy, aren't they? Never seen a man more more disappointed in himself who'd who'd won his debut, lad. And so was it a decision, like, or what, 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 like, what was he disappointed about exactly? Obviously, ultimately, a wins a win in, uh, in 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 such a competitive sport. It was as as UFC. So, so what exactly was he? Disappointed about was it? Yeah, I think he, I think he thought he might win more clearly. He was up against a tough veteran lad. Who you know, I'm a, I'm a UFC rookie, but it, it was a guy I've even seen before. Um, don't know if you know him, lad. I think it was, I think it was featherweight. It was a guy called Elliot. Um, real redneck looking mullet, good mullet on him, slim, um, very unorthodox. It very, no, it doesn't in that game, does it at all? But um, he's a, he's an hard night's work, and he done well. 
he done well, lad. He coped with him. He was absolutely disgusted with himself that he, he hadn't took care of things earlier. So you need characters like that, don't you? So I'll, 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 I'll be following him more closely moving forward. Brandon Brandon Roy, Roy, Brandon Roy Val, I think his name is. Roy uh, Val, okay. Another standout was a character called Spike Carlisle. He was me losing bet. He got beat. Um, Massive character, lad. Looked like plank off lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Ginger fella. The Ginger Adonis, I think he goes by nickname. He got Interesting, beat. Interesting, yeah. Just flies out the traps. A bit like you this morning with your insults, lad, to be honest with you. Just came out gassed Could in the end. Could have left a few up my sleeve. I'm running out of ideas now, yeah. Could have left a few up my sleeve. Later in the pub. There you go. Premature ejaculation. Well, speaking of <laughs> premature ejaculation, Jamal Hill was impressive. I think he was a welterweight, big, rangy lad. Um, Halle Berry actually texted Dana White during the broadcast to say how impressed she was. So, luckily, it was a, a post-interview um, headshot interview. Wouldn't like to see what was going on in them uh, in them little shorts he was he was wearing after <laughs> after that text. To be honest with you, lad. <laughs> um, she's looking good, Halle Berry. She did it. For- she didn't flash up, lad, to be honest with you, but yeah, she's a, a terrific-looking woman, isn't she? And well kept, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. It got me thinking about an article I read about Ric Flair. Apparently, back in back in the day, he claimed he, he bedded her in Atlanta. Back in the day, at his, uh, at his peak. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff flying indeed there that night, Ric Flair. How far back in the day are we talking? Um, I think we're talking like 90s, like mid-90s, late 90s, probably when she was doing, was that Monster's Ball for her, was it, and, and Swordfish, kind of. She was in a prime, really, yeah. Ric Flair reckons he's had to go, yeah, and she hasn't come out to dismiss these, uh... No, 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 I, I, she has no recollection of, of the uh, the happening. I don't know, we'll have to look at it a little bit a little bit deeper, maybe we can get some... It's about that one, to be honest with you. Maybe we can get some sound and some proof from Rick to uh, to back it up. But yeah, lad, again, UFC. I can't wait for the next one. I don't know when it's when it's next slotted in. I think there's a I think there's a, a good female card this weekend. What one of the one of the all time great female fighters on this weekend. So yeah, I'll be hitting record, or if I'm up, I'll be I'll be tuning in again. Fantastic stuff. Good stuff. Until you pick more wisely next time. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably just be sitting on my hands and making it a spectator sport rather than rather than gambling this week. Speaking of bets, though, lad, um, I actually haven't got a bet of the week this week, lad. I've been a little bit out of sorts with everything that's going on and mm. thinking about different content, really. But yourself, okay. lad, you got some picks? I think the reason you haven't got a bet of the week, it's more so you've been disgraced in, uh, in recent weeks. <laughs> uh, obviously putting on odds on shots fraction over odds against in the golf and uh, have you had a winning bet yet can we just touch on that before it come on to mine Tony Pettis I think lad has been has been the only one um, the William Hill shares possibly is is <laughs> is the only positive we can I'll give you that one I'll give you that we can one. take okay. from this so far can't we it's a bit of a funny one really because um, I discussed with you my best of the week as we record on the Thursday I don't know when this, this episode's going to be going out because Got a big fancy for uh, Friday's card at Linkfield. Okay. Derby trial. But is the episode going to be out in time or not? Friday, the groaner, you'll be there. I won't. You will, I told Ted you're doing it. Don't you show me up. No, I won't be there. You will, you missed the Roundtree. No. Yes, Roundtree. No. Yes, Grosvenor. No, don't. Friday. I won't be there. You will. No, don't. Yes, 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 yes. 
I'll get editing today. I'll try and get it out by tomorrow morning, lad, or tomorrow afternoon. But I will put your pick up on the Instagram page. So at least okay. it's out there. It's documented. Yeah. And obviously, obviously we've addressed it here that it's that it, it might be a little bit after the fact that people are hearing the tip, but they can see it on the Instagram. Well, what I'll do, I'll, I'll do I'll do Friday's one and then I'll just do a sort of a next best for, for Saturday. Go on, lad. Fire away. It doesn't go out until a bit later. Um, so, first one is for the 3.15 on Friday at Lingfield. Berkshire Rocco. Okay. The uh, horse trained by Andrew Balding. Andrew Bolden not really as, as well known as, as some of the, the, the high profile trainers like your Aidan O'Brien's, John Gosden's, uh, Sir Michael Stouts, etc. But um, he sort of went under the radar last year. I think he won about three and a half million in prize money. Okay. Uh, 128 winners. And as such, he's, he's now starting to get uh, backed by some of the more high profile owners and, and owners with, with, with firepower and who are investing into the sport. As is the way, yeah, as is the way it happens. Yeah, well, this it? is it, mate. Well, namely, the uh, gone but not forgotten Leicester chairman is his two sons, quite big into the game. Um, so he's got quite a lot of horses with them. Uh, he's at the crossbar in, in a couple of group ones over the last, last year or so. But it's interesting because he's got quite a big stable now. And as I say, with him winning as, as much prize money as he did last year, uh, he was asked by Sport Life to put up his one horse to follow this year. And he's actually, well, he felt the need to put two up, one of which was very much a stable star known as Fox Tal, who got placed in the Champion Stakes last year. Whereas other trainers were just putting up one horse because they were asked, he felt the need to put another one up. Uh, who was actually Berkshire Rocco. In his two-year-old career, uh, didn't achieve too much, but he, he finished off his, his two-year-old season, finishing third in the Zetland Stakes, which is a group three, uh, behind a couple of couple of useful horses. And anyway, his, his reason for putting him this year said he's summered, uh, or sorry, he's wintered extremely well, uh, and he's filled out, he's put on a lot of weight, and he's, he's basically burning up the gallops. Um, so to start him off in is a uh, Derby trial link field over an extended distance of one mile three. Uh, it's a listed race, so there's not much depth to the race as there was for the uh, for the Group 3 juvenile race. Um, I managed to get 7-2 yesterday, which was the Wednesday with Befred. Uh, but now as we record on the Thursday, Befred have gone into 3-1. to one. But he's as big as 100 to 30 with Skybet, Labrooks, and 888. Great stuff. Okay. Case with most of horse racing bets, and obviously with them being relatively short, uh, I've just gone on the nose. Uh, but I just thought it really interesting, given the stable, uh, and given the emergence of the trainer, Andrew Bolden, in recent seasons, uh, for him to put this up as one of two of his horses to follow this season. I just thought it was, was interesting. Apparently, they're aiming at the derby with him. Um, so they've got bigger aspirations, hence the reason they're starting them off on the Derby trial. So I think realistically for them to get into the Derby, he's going to have to win this uh, and win it at such cosily, which uh, yeah, which I'm hoping he will do. It sounds like they're raving about him at home, doesn't it, Poby? For him to, to want to push it and make sure that got into the article, uh, says says all sorts, doesn't it? So yeah, I think he's definitely worth a, worth a look tomorrow then. So 3.15 tomorrow, Lingfield, Popey. And the horse name? 3.15, Friday, Lingfield, yeah. Uh, have a go, Berkshire Rocco. Uh, as I say, he's very well thought of by the trainer. Stable's in really good form as well. I think he's operating at a 30% strike rate this week. Great. Uh, which starts in the flat season. So, uh, yeah, all looks, uh, all looks pretty positive, to be honest with you. Good stuff, Popey, yeah. We're looking at Saturday, but you're needed in London this Friday. It's a bit sudden, isn't it? Sudden, 
No, it's very far from sudden. Teddy's been working on this for five months. Dan, almost that. I've been in on it for two. It's not sudden. Preparation, preparation, preparation. OK, I'll be having a little dabble on that myself, most definitely. I'll do each way, of course, because love a shot or nothing, like Peter Ebden. OK, well, I was actually, I'm surprised you didn't have a goal. That is relatively short price, obviously, 7-2, to two, biggest price, 130 now, but... Um, that's massive. Massive yeah, for me, that. I've given you for your odds on selections. <laughs> I was going to say, that's massive for me, that. Is it 100 to 30? Okay, now, might as well, <laughs> might as well be 100 to 1 to me, that. Well, the big difference is I'm getting a return on my investment, which is greater than the actual stake, with it being odds against, which oh. isn't necessarily the case with, uh, with with some of your odds on picks. But, no, absolutely not. But winners, so that's all that matters at the end of the day. It is. I'm not getting much of them at the moment, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You better back on that. Um, I'd rather back an odds against loser, to be honest with you. But let's be positive. I, f- I think that's got a very good exactly. chance tomorrow, Popey. The weekend, you say you've got, so. you got one for the weekend as well, an next best Just staying with, 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 it just sort of coincides with, 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 with me Berkshire Rocco pick, really. Um, again, Andrew Bolden, he's got a horse in the 2000 Guineas, um, Kameko, uh, which is a Group 1 winner last year uh, as a juvenile. Um, Ocean Murphy, who's the jockey. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be riding it because he's he's an Irish jockey, but he's actually based in the UK and he's think he's bold and stable jockey. So I think he will actually be riding it on Saturday in the 2000 Guineas. Um, has come out and thinks he's as good as Roaring Lion. Roaring Lion being obviously on multiple Group Ones now retired stud from the same owners as well. Um, and what's really interesting, even though. Andrew Bolden didn't put him up as one of his two horses to follow this season. In the build-up to the Guineas, he's been very bullish and said the five-week uh, break from when the Guineas should have been run in early May to when it is going to be run now in early June is the wonders for the horse. And it's it, 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 it also puts a, knocks me back to Rocco Bess or picks slightly because he reckons he's as good a horse as he's had ever had. Although at the same time, he didn't put him up as one of his two horses to follow. So... Make of that what you will. Uh, but yeah, Bolden's very, very positive and bullish about the horse. Uh, if you fancy it to win, which I don't necessarily think it's going to win Pinatubo, because I think Pinatubo could potentially be another Frank Hulley's an odds-on shot. But I like the bet without Pinatubo market for the 2,000 guineas. So you can get around about 7-2 to two for Cameco, which would probably be my next best bet okay. uh, for Saturday. So if this episode goes out a little bit late, doesn't go out until Saturday morning, uh, then that's something for the uh, for the listeners to, to, uh, to get stuck into. So give us that one again then, Popey. Give us the time, give us the horse. Yes, yeah, so it's the 2000 Guineas on Saturday. Uh, the horse is Kameko, spelled K-A-M-E-K-O. Um, and the time of the race, it's at Newmarket and it's the 3.35. So a couple of Bolden picks for you, Popey. Bolden, yeah, I'm liking what he's about, as I say, three and a half million pounds worth of winnings last last year, mate. Is uh, not too shabby, as I say, he's not as high profile. So as such, I think you get a little bit more value with with some of his runners. So uh, yeah, hopefully we're on to a couple of winners there, Stevie boy. He gets these two home, and I think he'll be invited to your dinner party with uh, with Baldwin, won't he? I think you'll make another another seat at the table. <laughs> you get these two home. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, I'd rather it just uh, remain intimate between me and Baldwin. But, uh, but yeah, he'd certainly go up in the estimations. Well, I think I might have a little dabble on the each way double as well, lad. On your two picks, um, smaller stakes, higher payouts. Let's see if Popey can uh, can land the two, can land a double. Yeah, don't uh, don't, don't uh, yeah, don't get too carried away at the same time. But uh, yeah, just just a little bit of bit of interest as the same sort of. Uh, 
just gauging the first first couple of weeks, see how things are going in the build up to uh, to Ascot, which I think's looks like it's going ahead on the sixteenth, doesn't it, Steve? It does look like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye bye all accounts. So we'll be getting stuck in there and having a look, won't we? So we'll touch on Ascot in a bit more a bit more detail in next week's episode. I'll I'll try and have a lucky fifteen or some sort of uh, multiple. Yeah. Uh, for Ascot. There's plenty of races to go on at least. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll cover that in a bit more detail next week. And as I say, there will be more bets and whatnot going up on the Instagram page at my convos with the Pope. For anyone who's not following it, we'll get your Friday tip up on there, lad. Just in case this isn't out and on the on the airwaves before then. No, you're not going to edit these tips out, are you? <laughs> no, no, possible. Let's see how Friday goes first. If this still hasn't been published, I might save you save your blushes. But then again, no. If you think I'm trying to sabotage it, I'll most definitely leave it in. Save me the embarrassment, yeah. <laughs> Some good picks there, and enjoy the racing, lad. I bet you've uh, bet you can't wait, can you? Some top class racing finally to get stuck into. Yeah, it's just just good, like you say, a bit of escapism, really. Yeah. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, fingers crossed. Great stuff, lad. Get us some winners. Beautiful. Okay, Stephen. Same time next week. Absolutely. All right, Popey, take it easy, lad. You later, buddy. Ta-ra, mate. Take care, bye. Take care, bye. Cops put a hurting on your ass, man, you know. They really degrade you. White folks don't believe that shit, don't believe cops degrade. Oh, come on, those beatings, those people are resisting arrest. I'm tired of this harassment of police officers. Because the police live in your neighborhood, see? And you be known them as Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson, going bowling tonight? Yes, uh, nice pinto you have. <laughs> Niggas don't know I'm like that. See, white folks get a ticket, they pull over. Hey, officer, yes, glad to be of help. <laughs> Nigger got to be talking about, I am reaching into my pocket for my license. Because <laughs> I don't want to be no motherfucking accident. Degrade. I don't know, you know, it's awful. You wonder why a nigga don't go completely mad. You know, you do. You get your shit together. You work all week, right? And then you get dressed. You make, you may say, can't make $125. We get $80 if he lucky. Right? And he go out, get clean, be driving with his old lady, going out to a club, and police pull over. Get out of the car! That was a robbery! A nigga looks just like you! All right, put your hands up, take your pants down, spread your cheeks. What nigga feel like having fun after that? <laughs> well, let's just go home, baby. You go home, beat your kids and shit. You gonna take that shit out on somebody? <laughs>